Hi, everyone. This is your 1001 Stories Network host, John Hagedorn. And I want to thank each and every one of you listeners for the support you've given 1001 Stories from the Old West. Kevin Sykes will return in the fall with a bunch of great Old West history. But during the meantime, we'll be running episodes of the old radio show, Tales of the Texas Rangers, which features actual stories from the files of the Texas Rangers from about 1936 through the late 40s. This show did very well from 1950 to 52 on NBC Radio and was successful in transitioning to TV on CBS from 1955 to 1958. I especially enjoy the episodes where they go after him on horseback. That still happens today in rough country where they need to go after fugitives on horseback, keeping America's past alive. It's time for another episode of Tales of the Texas Rangers with Joel McRae. Hope you enjoy it. The National Broadcasting Company presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. Tonight, transcribed from Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles, and 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. Now, from the files of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, Joyride. It is 9.40 p.m. December 3rd, 1946. The small town of Purdy, Texas is quiet and ready for sleep as a car turns off the state highway and into the main street. At the wheel of the car is a pimply-faced youth. Beside him, a young girl. That car still behind us? No, it kept right on the highway. What are you so jumpy about? The way he was tagging us, I thought it might be the highway patrol. You are getting chicken, ain't you, Chuck? I ain't fixing to go back to no reform school, that's all. Oh, stop worrying. This car ain't even reported stolen yet. You saw the owner go into the movie, didn't you? Okay, Ruby, okay. Fine joy, right? Thought we was going to have fun. Ain't even got anything to drink. I ain't got any money. Didn't have no car either when we started. Ain't like you used to be, Chuck. We used to have lots of fun. Till you turn yellow. Don't you go calling me that. I, I ain't got a gun, that's all. I got one, Chuck, right here in my purse. Where'd you get it? I lifted it from my old man. What difference does it make where I got it, long as I got it? It's a liquor store up ahead, Chuck. See the sign? I see it. Can't hardly have a joyride without something to drink. It's late. They roll up the sidewalks in a town like this. The place must be closed. If it was closed, sign wouldn't be late. Gonna stop, or ain't you? Sure, I'm gonna stop. See? The storekeeper's still there. Can see him through the window. Counting up money from his cash register. Could have a real party with something to drink and some money. Stay here. Keep the motor running. 
Give me the gun. No, I'm going to come in with you. I can handle the gun. You crazy? Suppose he's got a gun, too. Look, he's an old man. He wouldn't dare do nothing. Come on, Chuck. We can't just sit here. You better not get rattled. Look who's talking. You're coming, or ain't you? All right, I'm coming. But be careful. I always wanted to do something like this. Shut up. Oh, howdy. 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 Well, we're just fixing to close. Heard your car pull up outside. I thought it was my old lady coming to get me. Uh, what can I do for you? I'd like a fifth of that bonded bourbon. Oh, you would, eh? How old are you, son? Twenty-one. Nineteen would be closer, wouldn't it? Maybe a year less than that for your lady friend here. I said I was twenty-one. All right, boy. We'll say you're twenty-one. And we'll also say that I'm closed for the night. Now you can just run along. We ain't running any place, mister. Now you just get... What? Where'd you get that gun? I made it out of old bottle top, stupid. He told you what we want. It's on the top shelf. Get up on the stool and get it. All right. Just don't... Go getting nervous with that thing. Get the money out of the register, Chuck. Yeah, the money. You ain't going to be happy about this when you see the inside of a jail. Thanks for telling us. Because here's something you ain't going to be happy about. No, no, no! Ruby! Ruby, you killed him! I know, Chuck, I know. Come on, come on, we got to get out of here. No, that's what we come for. Grab a couple of bottles. Ruby, are you crazy? <laughs> You're afraid, ain't you, Chuck? Get the bottles. All right, all right. <laughs> Now, let's go, let's go. Come on. I didn't know I'd have the nerve. But I did. I did. I was wondering what it'd feel like, Chuck. I always wondered. The body of Malcolm Barnes, proprietor of the liquor store, was discovered by his wife less than five minutes after the killing. Sheriff Frank Corcoran was summoned. He immediately phoned for the help of a Texas Ranger. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned, arriving at the scene of the crime at 1 a.m. Coming through, folks. Howdy, Frank. Oh, howdy, Jace. Was hoping they'd send you. Here's a body. He the owner of the store? Yeah, Malcolm Barnes. Wife found him just like he is at about 10 or 10. Usually closed just before 10. She'd always come pick him up in their car. Doc figured it couldn't have happened more than just a few minutes before she got here. Where's the doc? Drove over to see about the funeral parlor. Body will be taken there for autopsy when we finish. I've had everything photographed. Cash register's been rifled. Uh-huh. Shot through the back three times. Hey, watch out for that broken glass. Yeah, I'm watching. Place sure smells with all the bottles smashed. Alcohol dries up fast. Yeah, left big stain rings, though. Puddled right out to here before it dried out. Any of your deputies or anybody pick up any of those bottles that are cracked or broken? No, I got here right after Mrs. Barnes. Nobody's touched a thing. Why? Well, the floor is spotted past those stain marks. Look toward the door, a string of small spots. Hmm. Like something been carried that way, dripping. Jace, I was careful to see that nothing was touched, that nobody stepped in where the liquor had been spilled. 
Those spots might be a break for us then, because somebody carried a bottle out of here. It must have been cracked and leaking. You mean the killer might have grabbed it up? That's right. If it marked this floor, it would mark the walk outside, too. Come on, let's take a look. Spots run right to the door, all right. Lucky I told the deputies to keep everybody off the side of the place. Yeah, careful where you step. I want to run a flashlight along the sidewalk here. It's been mighty dry around here, Jace. Dust surface on the ground. That'll help us. Yeah. It's here, all right. Look, mm. little craters in the dust dried out hollow. Yeah. They only go a few feet. Marks end right here at the curb. Well, that tells us something. Whoever was carrying that bottle got into a car. They weren't on foot. Tire tracks aren't going to help us. Mess of them all around from cars driving in and out. Yeah, I wish our killer had been on foot, Frank. Why? That'd point to somebody who came from close by. Somebody in the town. Car doesn't rule that out. No, but it sure broadens the field. I'm going to call Austin and have a lab crew sent in. If we're lucky, they might lift a fingerprint or something for us to work on. That's a good idea. Phone in the store. Over there. Uh-huh. You got anything in mind for us while we're waiting? Yeah. After I call Austin, I want to check with local officers in every town around here. I'm pretty sure the killer took liquor, and if he took it, he's going to drink it. We'll check on every case of drunk driving that turns up tonight in this county. Lights burned in the liquor store all through the night as the lab crew checked. Meanwhile, the sheriff and I covered more than 200 miles by car, investigating drunk driving cases reported by local constables and highway patrolmen. <sighs> Sun's coming up, Jason. We sure spent the night running into blind alleys. None of those drivers we saw could have been anywhere near Purdy at the time of the killing. Well, our alibi's all checked out. Maybe the lab crew will have a lead for us when we get back to the liquor store. Didn't you get some kind of report on the shortwave before, while I was dozing? I kind of remember you talking. Yeah. In order to phone headquarters for a ballistic report, Barnes was killed by a 38 police special. Well, that's our first lead. We need more than that before we can... KTXA to Unit 10. Yeah, that's us. KTXA to Unit 10. Unit 10 to KTXA. Go ahead. Highway Patrol Unit 109 requests Unit 10 to proceed to junction of Ranch Road 23 and State Highway 19 west of Bartonville to examine stolen car recovered at that point. 10-4. Does Unit 109 think stolen vehicle may have connection with this unit's current investigation of murder? Unit 109 reports liquor bottles found in abandoned vehicle. 10-4. Unit 10 heading for rendezvous with 109 immediately. We'll keep you informed. 10-4. Unit 10, clear. KDXA, Austin. Hold tight, Frank. Got to swing around. Let's hope this is a break. Better be. We need one. Highway Patrol Unit 109 was Tommy Manuelo's unit. We spotted his car, and he flagged us down near the junction of the ranch road. The stolen car he'd located was parked off the road in a small grove of trees. I found it just before sunup, Chase. I was making the turn off, my headlights reflected on the chrome. Just barely saw it. Then when I checked the license number, it was on my hot car sheet. Number came over by shortwave last night. Now, what time last night this car was reported stolen? I got the flash a little after 11 o'clock. Barnes was killed before 10. I know, but this car could have been missing from 8 o'clock on. Owner went to a picture show about that, and car was gone when it came out. Where was the car taken from, Tommy? Bartonville. 
Only four miles from here on the state. About 60 miles from here to Purdy, Jase. Yeah, but if the car was taken at 8 o'clock or a little after, the thief had plenty of time to drive to Purdy before 10 o'clock. KTXA said you found some liquor bottles in the car, Tommy. Yeah, that's right. I'll show you. Mm. There you are. Empty fifth on the floor in the front seat, and there's one half empty there in the back. I'll open the back door. Hmm. Government tax seal on that bottle isn't even broken. No. I didn't notice, eh? Oh... How could they empty half of it without breaking the seal and pulling the cork? The bottle must be cracked. Stain around it on the floor mat where it's been leaking. This is what we've been looking for, Jason. Yeah. Pick the bottle up, Frank. Don't touch the glass. Lift it with your fingers pinched around the tack stamp. Right. Drip's all right. Chip out of the bottom. Wonder why it didn't all empty out. I would have the bottle been standing up instead of lying flat. It emptied down until the liquor was even with the place the bottle was cracked. Then it couldn't run anymore until you picked it up. Might get some prints off it or maybe the empty bottle in the front seat. We can try. It's a cinch we're not going to get any from the steering wheel. No, I, I noticed that right away. Uh, not with the cloth cover around the wheel. Might get something from the dashboard or the inner door handles, but well, I don't know. Not often you pick up good prints on a car. <laughs> There's a piece of cleansing tissue on the floor there. Here. Looks like lipstick stain on it. That's what it is. Another little thing on the floor mat here. Ah, gold bobby pin. Yeah. Lipstick is kind of a light shade. Could have been a woman in this too, Jace. Hmm. Probably a blonde. Of course, that bobby pin and a tissue might have come from the owner's wife or his girl. Oh, I doubt that, sir. How come, Tommy? Well, owner of the car is a colored man, Jace. In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. In a short while, Theater Guild on the Air brings to radio listeners a delightful adaptation of Ring Lardner's famous comedy of the baseball world, Elmer the Great. Starring in the title role will be Hollywood favorite Paul Douglas, as a pitcher whose skill on the baseball diamond is exceeded only by his good nature and ability to attract trouble. That's later today for Elmer the Great, starring Paul Douglas, presented by Theater Guild on the Air. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and tonight's case, Joyride, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. I put out a call for the lab crew to meet us at the stolen car when they finished checking the liquor store at Purdy. They joined us within two hours. Nothing had been found at the store that would help us, and it didn't take long to realize that we weren't going to get any evidence from the car or the bottles either. Doesn't look like they're going to find anything, Jason. Yeah, they don't. Won't be their fault. No point in our hanging around here. Wanted to drive back to Purdy now? I think we'd do better if we drove into Bartonville. Because the car... It was stolen from Bartonville, then brought back here to a spot only four miles away from where it was taken. Figures that whoever stole it must live nearby, or the car would have been left someplace else. Yeah, I'll go along with that. Let's try, Bartonville. Good. We're going to leave you, fellas. If you find anything, let us know by short wave. Right. Go along. Go along. You going to try to run down that lipstick and bobby pin? Gave Tommy Manuelo the tissue with the lipstick smear. It's been sent through to Austin. They'll establish the lipstick brand by chemical analysis. They'll also check on the manufacturer, the bobby pin. Think it'll take long to get a report? No, not long. Tommy may have it by the time we get into town. 
He'll be at the courthouse. You got a plan mapped out? Yeah, won't be too many places handling lipstick and bobby pins. We get the brand names, Tommy and I can check the stores and see if sales girls remember any women who use that shade of lipstick or the pins. <laughs> what do I do? Check into the hotel and get some sleep? <laughs> no. We got one more thing to look for. The gun that killed Barnes. Check with a constable and get a list of anybody he knows who might own a thirty-eight police special. Yeah, that might uncover something. May have some records of people who've had guns like that being picked up on minor charges in the past. It's worth checking. We match the bullet that killed Barnes, and we can make some work for a 12-man jury. Tommy Manuelo had the information on the lipstick and bobby pin examined by the Austin lab. We started the check of drugstores and general merchandise outlets that carried the items. We couldn't get any concrete information from sales girls or clerks. Well, another drugstore on the next corner, Jase. Oh. You know, some of these sales clerks don't seem to have very long memories. You can't blame them. Things we're tracing are both cheap items. Girl on her feet all day gets so she can't remember much except bunions. <laughs> I guess you're right. Well, I sure hope the sheriff is doing better than we are. I hope so, too. Hey, geez, Tommy, wait up. Hold it, Tommy. Here comes Frank now. Uh, I've been tracking you for 20 minutes. You finished checking already? Yeah. And I come across something I think we ought to look into right away, Jace. There's a fellow named Jim Hammer filed a report with a constable last night, just before midnight. Said a gun had been stolen from his house, 38 police special. Hey, isn't that what Barnes was killed with, Jace? Yeah. Get any information on this Jim Hammer? Yeah, sure did. He's night watchman around the cattle pens over to the auction barn. Told the constable he'd missed a gun when he was getting ready to go to work last night. Couldn't find it in the drawer. He keeps it in. You get Hammer's address? Yep. 214 North Spruce. Tommy, you keep checking the stores. We'll meet you at the courthouse later. Right, Jace. All right, Frank. I left my car on Main Street. Let's go. I'd like to talk to Jim Hammer. He ain't home. You know where we can find him? Over to the auction barn, maybe. I thought he was the night watchman over there. Yeah, he goes there during the day sometimes when there's a sale. There was auctioning this afternoon. You look kind of young. You're not his wife, are you? No, I'm his daughter. Ruby Hammer. It's after five o'clock, Jase. Auction probably be over by now. Yeah. You expect your father to come home to eat? No, he'll probably spend some time chinning around the barn. And maybe get himself some grub in town and go right to work. I see. I guess we might as well go over at the auction barn, Frank. What'd you want to see my father about? Is it something about some stolen cattle or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Thanks, miss. Bye. Bye, Ruby. Bye. If you miss my father, I'll tell him you were here. Thanks. Where's the auction barn? West end of town. Jim Hammer wasn't hard to find. He was pointed out to us talking to cattlemen who'd bought stock at the auction and were waiting for a chance to load their purchases on their trucks at the end of a chute. We called him off to the side. Well, Sheriff Ranger, what can I do for you? Constable says you had a gun stolen from your home last night. Oh, that gun wasn't stolen at all. Huh? I just didn't look sharp enough last night. Found it this afternoon, but in a different drawer from where I usually keep it. Is that the gun you're carrying right there in your holster? Yeah. 
You mean to say you just took a look in one drawer last night before coming to work and reported that gun stolen without being sure? Well, I was sure last night. I reckon I just overlooked it, that's all. Well, it's pretty hard to overlook a thirty-eight police special. You couldn't have looked very hard. Well, I all but emptied the bureau out. Huh? I was in a hurry to get to work. I guess I just plain missed it, that's all. Ain't no reason for you to jump on a man. You reported to the constable when you thought the gun was missing. Now, how come you didn't let him know you'd found it? Well, I suppose I should have. I didn't think it was no rush. Besides, what's the harm? It's my gun, ain't it? Let's have it. Well, sure, I... Don't you pull it. Just turn around. I'll take it myself. Hey, what... You said turn around. Okay, okay. When'd you fire this gun last, Hammer? I can't even remember the last time. Ain't had no call to fire it. Haven't, huh? Smell this, Frank. Yeah, it's been used all right not long ago. You're crazy, I tell you. I ain't fired that gun in months. Somebody has. You better come with us. Come where with you? To the courthouse, Hammer, until we check on a few things. Check on what? A liquor store owner named Barnes was killed last night in Purdy. Shot three times through the back by a thirty-eight police special. Are you trying to frame me for something? I was nowhere near Purdy last night. We know you filed a report with the constable around midnight, Hammer. But where were you between 9 and 11 o'clock last night? I was home, sleeping. My daughter can tell you that. I... My... Well, go ahead, Hammer. What are you stopping for? My, my daughter wasn't home. I just remember she, she went out about 7 o'clock. And nobody saw you during those hours, huh? No, nobody. But I was home, I tell you. You've you got to believe me. That gun ain't been fired. If we're wrong, you've got nothing to worry about. Come on. Yeah, have to get that gun to your lab, Jace. Regular flight to Austin goes out in about 45 minutes. Good. Boys in ballistics can test fire it and check the slug with the ones taken out of Barnes. If this is the murder weapon, they'll tell us. I tell you, it can't be. Our lab doesn't make any mistakes, Hammer. If you're telling the truth, there's a little test you can volunteer to take. We have a lab crew working nearby right now. I'll give you a diphenylman test. Yeah, what's that? Just a matter of pouring a chemically treated wax on your hand. When they peel it off, it'll show traces of nitrate if you fired a gun recently. I uh, haven't, I tell you. I heard you. Now I'd like to hear it from a lab man, just to be sure. We got the gun on the night plane to Austin. A stolen car had been brought into a garage in town. We waited for the lab crew to finish with it and then had one of the men go to work on Hammer's hands. By 10 p.m., we had the answers. Two answers that didn't fit each other. What are you keeping me here for, Ranger? You heard what the lab man said. My hands are clean. Wasn't no nitrate on him. That doesn't settle everything, Hammer. While he had you in the next room going over your hands, I had a phone report from Austin on your gun. You'd better talk up, Hammer. Your gun's been identified as a murder weapon. That's a lie! You weren't in bed at 10 o'clock last night. You and Purdy driving a stolen car, and there was a woman with you. That ain't so, I tell you. You run around with any blonde women? The only blonde woman I ever run around with was my wife. She died six years ago. That gun was missing from my house last night. Somebody must have taken it, then put it back again. Oh, sure. My hands was clean, wasn't they? Howdy, Jace. Yeah. Oh, Tommy, I almost forgot about you. you. Find anything, Tommy? I think so. There's a five and dime store. It was closed when I got to it, but I got the address of the woman who works the cosmetic counter. Went out to see her. They handle the lipstick and pins we've been checking on. Yeah, she gave me the names of a few women that she remembers who buy both. Here's list. We'll read off the name of Jace. Maybe if Hammer's girlfriend is listed, he'll admit he knows her. Well, there's one name on here he'll admit to knowing, all right? That's what you think. That's what I know. It's your daughter, Ruby Hammer. The sheriff and I drove Hammer back to his house, but Ruby wasn't there. We waited around, looking through the house. First she tried to put it on to me, and now it's my daughter. 
Are you crazy? She's only 18 years old. Was she with you last night? No. She was out on a date. With who? Well, how should I know? All I know is she wouldn't get into no trouble like this. I've heard that same speech in a hundred courtrooms, Hammer. Jase, come here a minute. Yeah? What is it? Girl's coat in this closet. Smell. Hmm. You keep any liquor in the house, Hammer? No, never. There's something else, Jase. Photograph. Yeah. Hammer's daughter and some boy. Well, let me see that again. I know this kid, the boy. I sent him to reform school three years ago. His name's Chuck Allenby. What was the charge against him? Something that fits this case like a glove. Automobile theft. And my daughter wouldn't go out with nobody like that. Of course not, Hammer. She just got a habit of posing for pictures with people she wouldn't go out with. I'm going to get my car out of sight, Frank, and we'll sit down and wait for Ruby's date to bring her home. <laughs> Somebody's coming down the street, Jase. Yeah, I hear him. It's after midnight. I think you're at work, Hammer. They may come in, so keep quiet. Hear me? You hear me? Yeah. I hear you. They're coming. Yeah, quiet. They have to come into the hall. They won't see us in the living room with the lights off. I can't see nothing. We're switched on the light. I ain't staying long enough to need the light. Get all you are to stay. Now, what's the matter with you? What's the good of having money if you ain't going to spend any of it? Spending? Wait a while. I ain't got a job. I start spending money and people are going to wonder where I got it. All right. While you're waiting, don't expect me to wait. I can go out with somebody else, you know. Somebody who's got a car every night. Or who ain't afraid to get... Ruby! Ruby, shut up! Don't move, anybody. That means you, Chuck. Let go of that door. What are they doing here, Paul? Stay after him. Was he? You stay out of this, Hammer. Couldn't stay out of trouble, could you, Chuck? I didn't do nothing, Sheriff. Let me go. Hold still. That's quite a roll of bills you had in your pocket, boy. I, I found that money. Where? In the cash register over in Purdy? After you killed an old man? So that's why you wanted my father's gun. What? What are you... Tell him, Ruby. If he had my gun, you tell him. Last night, he wanted to borrow it just for fun, he said. And then he stole a car and made me go with him over to Purdy. He left me parked someplace and walked away. And then after a while, he come back with some whiskey. I didn't drink none of it. But he did. She's lying. You keep quiet. You say he didn't park near the store? No. He walked from where he left me. I don't even know what he done. You're lying, Ruby. When old man was killed, whoever gunned him ran out of the store with a dripping bottle and got into a car not more than ten feet from the entrance. I didn't shoot him. She did. He's lying. Ruby's only a little girl. You can prove he's lying. Give him the same test you give me on his hands. What kind of test? Well, they're poor wax on your hands. You can tell if you fired a gun. Oh. Ruby, come back here. Hold still, Chuck. Get away from that stove, Ruby. No, Ruby, don't. Come away from there. Oh, Ruby. Ruby, why'd you do it, Ruby? What'd you do it for? Better save that hammer. If you got any butter, get it fast. Yeah. I won't try nothing. What'd you do, Jason? Ran into the kitchen here and pulled the lid off the cook stove and jammed her hand into the hot coals. Here's the butter, Ranger. Here's the butter. Thanks. Oh, Ruby. I can fix that burn a little with this, Ruby. Doc can fix it for you better later on at the jail. Chuck Allenby and Ruby Hammer were found guilty of the murder of storekeeper Barnes. 
Allenby, who turned state's witness, was sentenced to a 30-year term at Huntsville. Ruby Hammer pulled 50 years in the women's prison at Gory. And now, here again, is the star of our show, Joel McRae. Folks, tonight marks the concluding performance, for a while at least, of Tales of the Texas Rangers. We've really enjoyed bringing these stories to you and hope that someday we'll be back with you again. To NBC and its affiliated stations, to Colonel Homer Garrison, Jr., Chief of the Texas Rangers, to Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez, our technical advisor, and to all the Texas Rangers and members of the Department of Public Safety, our grateful thanks. And we're particularly grateful to those of you who've taken the time to send us your cards and letters. After all, they are the only sure way of telling that you liked our show. Thanks, folks. Thanks a lot. Good night. You have just heard Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae will soon be seen starring in the Universal International Technicolor production, Cattle Drive. Tonight's case included Tony Barrett, Sam Edwards, Peggy Weber, John Frank, Barney Phillips, and Bill Johnstone. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Murcott, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Peach. This is Hal Gibney speaking. Douglas and Theater Guild, next on NBC. From Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. Starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles. And 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. From the files of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, Death Shaft.
It is 9.30 a.m. November 18th, 1941, in the Big Bend country of West Texas. J.C. Wilford of the Bureau of Mines and Fred Blaisdell are winding up a narrow dirt road toward Blaisdell's abandoned mine in Black Hawk Canyon. How long did you say it's been since you operated your mine, Mr. Blaisdell? I never have operated it, Wilford. It was left me by my brother when he passed on. Oh, I see. I always understood there was ore here if you had the money to get it out, but I didn't. So I just let her sit here. Haven't even been near the place for, oh, two years anyway. But lately I've been reading that the government's anxious to get some of these mines going again. Mm-hmm. So I got in touch with you at the Bureau of Mines to see if you think it's a worthwhile proposition. Well, if it looks promising at all... We can make a thorough survey, do a little diamond drilling, and see what we've got. Then if it looks good, you think the government will loan the money to operate it? Well, that's something I can't answer. All we at the Bureau do is make the recommendation. Hey, pretty desolate country around here, isn't it? Yeah, I see. Yeah, here we are. Oh, uh, is that the entrance to the mine ahead? Yeah, yeah, that's it. All boarded up. And padlocked. Guess my brother put that door on the entrance to the shaft when he quit working the mine. Yeah, I got my key. That's funny. What's the matter, please? Key doesn't seem to fit. Well, you sure it's the right one? Yeah. Hey, this isn't the same lock on here. What? Well, there was a master padlock on here before. Now it's just a cheap one from a dime store, looks like. That's strange. Who'd want to switch locks? Why? I don't know. Somebody must have been snooping around up here. Wait. Piece of iron bar line over here. See if I can try that lock on. It's a fairly new lock by the look of it. Yeah. Okay, let's open her up. Yeah, I got the flashlight. I better go first. Okay, weapon. wet in here. Yeah. These drifts collect a lot of moisture when the mine's not in use. Blaisdell. What's the matter, Wilbur? Look, they're on the ground in front of us. Holy smoke, a skeleton. The clothes just about all rotted away. And a, a different padlock on the entrance. Looks like somebody didn't want this skeleton found, Wilbur. Yeah, and if you take a look at the skull, you'll see why. Hey, it's all bashed in. It sure is. The club or a rock by the look of it. Yeah. Whoever that was, looks like he was murdered. The two men notified Sheriff Benson, who requested help from the Texas Rangers. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned to the case, joining the sheriff and two men at Blaisdell's mine. Hmm. Pretty damp, Sheriff. Sure is. You men touch anything in here? Uh, not a thing, Ranger. After I pried off the new lock, we come inside. But just as soon as we saw the skeleton, we got out in a hurry and called the sheriff. Isn't that right, Wilford? Yeah, that's right, Ranger. Well, there it is, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Skull sure is bashed in. It's pretty hard to tell how long he's been dead, Jason. Yeah, remains would deteriorate pretty fast in this dampness. And as far as telling who it is... Clothes are all rotted away, so the same would go for any papers he might have been carrying. Just a minute, Sheriff. Hmm? Look. These loose rocks on the side here. All right. Looks like a leather wallet. It is. Pretty well preserved, too. Sure, sure. It was a little higher than the skeleton up out of the west. 
Yeah. Pretty lucky for us. Looks that way. Any money in it? No. Just some papers. Hmm. Might have been robbery. Hilda took the money, then tossed the billfold away. Can you make out the writing on any of the papers? Gilbert W. Madden. Madden? Yeah, name mean anything to you, Blaisdell? I was just trying to think. No, oh, I don't I don't remember ever hearing it before. How about you, Mr. Wilford? Being from the Bureau of Mines, you probably spend a lot of time around this part of the state. You ever hear the name before? Madden. Sounds a little familiar, but I, I can't seem to place it, Ranger. I'm sorry. Okay. I guess that'll be all for now. Let's get back outside. We want signed statements from you. You can drop around the sheriff's office and make them. I'll be in this afternoon, if that's okay. Sure. See you then, Blaisdell. Come Wilfred. I'll give you a lift back to town. Right. You through here, Jess? Not quite. Take this broken padlock along. I want to look at this hasp on the door. Well, I doubt if you can tell much from that. It's all scratched up where Blaisdell pried off that padlock. Yeah, I know. There's one thing sort of puzzles me a little, Sheriff. What is it? This new lock isn't rusty enough to have been out here in the open for very long. Well, what do you figure that means? I won't know until I can get some idea of the approximate time of death. Come on, let's get back to town and start checking on Gilbert Madden. See if we can find out how long ago he was murdered. Back at the sheriff's office, I checked through the missing persons reports and found one on Gilbert Madden, filed by his wife eight months before. Mrs. Madden was promptly notified and requested to meet us at the sheriff's office for routine questioning. Have a seat, Ms. Madden. Thank you, Sheriff. I'm sorry to be asking questions at a time like this, ma'am. That's all right, Ranger. I don't suppose there's any doubt it was Gil. I'm afraid not, ma'am. We found his wallet, and the lab confirmed the identification by means of the teeth. Well, I felt for some time that Gil must be dead. In a way, it's almost better knowing instead of wondering. I know. Mrs. Madden, our lab's trying to establish the time of your husband's murder. Now, according to our information, you filed this missing persons report on last March 23rd, a little less than eight months ago. That's right. What were the circumstances surrounding your husband's disappearance? Well, uh, Gilbert was a mine broker. He made trips in the mining country every now and then. He planned to be away for two or three weeks, so I decided to visit my relatives in Kansas while he was gone. I see. When was that? Right around the first of March, as I remember. And how long were you in Kansas? Three weeks. Did you hear from your husband during that time? Oh, yes, I did. I got a letter from him just a couple of days before I was to return home, saying he would meet my train. But he wasn't at the depot when I arrived. Called all over town trying to locate him, and then when I couldn't, I got worried. The next day, I filed a report with the police. Well, let's see. That'd make it about the 20th of March when you got that last letter from your husband. That means he was alive up until the time he mailed it, anyway, which would be about the 18th of March. Come in. I left my statement with your deputy, Sheriff. Anything else? Oh, I reckon not. Mrs. Madden, this is Mr. Blaisdell. How'd he do? Miss Madden? Mr. Blaisdell owns the mine where your husband's body was discovered. Oh. Uh, sorry to make your acquaintance under this sort of circumstance, Miss Madden. Uh, Sheriff, I'm sure you told me where this mine was over the phone when you notified me, but what with the shock, I don't seem to remember. Oh, my mine is over in Blackhawk Canyon, Miss Madden. Blackhawk Canyon? Uh, that mean anything to you, Miss Madden? Oh, Willie. Who? Uh, oh, Willie. 
He lives up in Blackhawk Canyon somewhere. Look, Mrs. Madden, who is this old Willie? Well, he has a mind up there. He's a strange old man. He's very eccentric. Well, what makes you think he had anything to do with this? Because in that last letter I got from Gil, but he mentioned something about old Willie pestering him again. I didn't pay much attention to it at the time. I still don't get the connection between your husband and this old Willie, Mrs. Madden. Well, you see, about two years ago, my husband made a business trip into that region. I went with him. This old Willie was hanging around a little store where we stopped for a cold drink. When he found out my husband was a mine broker, he became very excited. Said he had a valuable mine he wanted Gilbert to look at. Did your husband inspect Willie's mine? No, because the storekeeper broke in and told us Willie's mine was worthless... Willie became furious, and finally the storekeeper threw him out. I see. Did Willie threaten your husband, Mrs. Madden? Well, he wrote a few crazy sort of letters to Gilbert, accusing him of being a spy of what he called the big companies. Hmm. Mr. Blaisdell, have you ever heard of this old Willie? No, I haven't, but that doesn't mean anything. I'm not acquainted with anybody in that area. Jace, I sure think this old Willie is worth questioning. So do I, Sheriff. We'll head back to Blackhawk Canyon and see if we can find him. Right now, he sounds like a first-class murder suspect. In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. It's the Silver Jubilee on NBC. Here's great news for all of you Western fans. Beginning next Friday on most NBC stations, Roy Rogers, the King of the Cowboys, and Dale Evans, the Queen of the West, will bring you the new Roy Rogers Show. Yes, beginning next Friday, be sure to listen for Roy Rogers, Dale Evans, and Trigger in New Adventures in Paradise Valley. It's the Roy Rogers Show, Friday on most NBC stations. Be sure to listen. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and tonight's case, Death Shaft, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. As a matter of routine, I checked up on Mrs. Madden's story of her visit to relatives in Kansas and quickly confirmed the fact that she was there during the period she had stated. Next, Sheriff Benson and I drove to the small general store in Black Hawk Canyon and questioned the storekeeper. Old Willie? Sure, I know him, Ranger. Comes in here once a month regular for supplies. Crazy as a coot. Where does he live, Price? About 20 miles up the canyon. He's got a no-count mine up on East Rim. Of course, he thinks it's just chock full of ore. Mr. Price... I want you to think back about two years ago. An incident involving old Willie and a mine broker named Madden is supposed to have taken place here in your store. You remember anything about it? Sure do. Willie started giving this mine broker the usual jaw wagon about his mine being valuable. <laughs> so I figured I'd better stick more in and tell the fellow Willie's mine wasn't worth a dead bone cent. What happened then? Oh, Willie flew off the handle in his crazy way, started spouting a bunch of threats and other loony talk, so I... Finally, I had to kick him out of the store. Well, Jay's had sure checks with what Miss Madden told us. Yeah. Mr. Price, can you give us directions for finding Willie's place? We'd like to pay him a visit. Mm, well, pretty rough country up there. And we got horses in the trailer outside. Oh, well, in that case, you can make it all right. Uh, you'll find the trail leading north off the road up ahead about um, five miles. Uh, stick to the trail until they cross a dry creek. Uh, then you'll see another trail taken off up 
this side of the canyon. The second trail leads us to Willie's mine, huh? Yep. Of course, uh, may not find him there. Why not? He's pretty skitterish about visitors. That's just why I want to pay him a visit. See if he's got anything to be skitterish about. We should be just about there, Sheriff. Yeah, by climb. Looks like we're directly across the canyon from Blaisdell's mine. Listen. Burl, must be Willie's. We're close, all right. Once we get around this bend in the trail, yeah. It looks like some diggings up ahead there. And just take a look at that shack there. Some place. Galvanized iron, tar paper, cardboard. I wonder what keeps it up. Probably that stovepipe sticking up through the center of the roof. Yeah, it's smoking, too. Well, he must be home all right. Oh, oh, charcoal. Oh, oh, boy. Would you look at the junk he's got hanging on the outside walls? Pieces of barbed wire, tin cans, keys, bottles. Looks like Willie's part pack wrap. Hmm. The door's open. Nobody inside. Inside looks like the outside. Only more so. Wonder where... Hold it. Hmm? Look, over there in the bushes. Yeah. Something moved, all right. Willie! Come out of there! Willie! Hey, somebody's coming out all right. Sure don't look very friendly with that rifle. What do you fellas watch? You throw that rifle down and we'll tell you. You got no call to come poking around my property. You're wrong there, Willie. This is Sheriff Benson and I'm Ranger Pearson. We want to ask you a few questions. Now drop that rifle and come over here. You think I'm going to tell you about my mind, don't you? Yeah, and I'm not. Now, just a minute, Willie. You want to get it away from me just like all the rest. You spies for him, that's what you are. You come poking around here. Trying well, what are you to... talking about, Willie? Spies for whom? For the big companies. They all want my mind because they know it's right smack dab on the biggest vein in the county. That's why they send spies snooping around here, like you two. I don't know, Jace. Willie. Have you ever been near the Blaisdell mine across the canyon from here? It ain't as good as this it is. Answer my question. Have you ever been near there? Yeah, maybe. How long ago? Oh, a couple of days. What were you doing over there? Patrolling. What do you mean, patrolling? Oh, I patrol all over. Gotta watch for the spies. Hmm. Ever hear the name Gilbert Madden? He ain't gonna never get my mine. All I need's a little money to operate. I asked now. you a question, Willie. Have you ever hear of Gilbert Madden? You heard him, Willie. Yeah, maybe I have and maybe I ain't. You fellas come up here spying just like he... Just like who? Madden? <laughs> Think you're pretty smart, don't you? But you're not going to trap me. He had his chance to get me money for the mine, but he wouldn't. That why you killed him? <laughs> yeah, you think you're going to get me confused with your smart talk, don't you? Well, you ain't. I ain't got too much on my mind patrolling to worry about killing anybody. Yeah? I wonder. We got a witness that you had a fight with Madden. And furthermore... Just a minute, Sheriff. What is it? Just happened to notice something hanging on the outside wall here. Just a bunch of old rusty keys. Yeah. But this one isn't as rusty as the rest. Well, let me see. Jace. That key's the same make as the lock Blaisdell pried off the entrance to his mine. That's right, Sheriff. 
Come here, Willie. Hey, what you want? Where'd you get this key? Say, that's a good one. You want to trade some? Where'd you get it? I saved key. Quit stalling, Willie. Where'd you get it? Coming around here asking me all kinds of questions. You got no call to... I got that padlock back in my office, Jase. I'm sure interested to see whether this key fits it. So am I. Come on, Willie. Get your burrow. We're going to take a ride. Down here with you fellas. You think I'm not wise, do you? Padlock's in my desk, yeah. You get me down here while one of your other spies snoops around my mind, takes all samples. Here it is. Let's have it. Okay, now I'll try this key in it. Fits. Sure does. Well, I guess that does it all right. Uh, can I go now? No, Willie. I don't think you'll be going anywhere for quite a spell. The sheriff booked Willie, but we were unable to get any sort of coherent statement out of him. Finally, we locked him up and went back into the sheriff's office. Well, regardless of whether or not he gives us a confession, I suppose we could get a conviction, all right. Maybe. Unless they find him mentally incompetent. Even so, they'll put him away. Yeah, that's just what I was thinking. It'd be pretty rough on him if he happened to be innocent, wouldn't it? You'd be innocent? Now, Jake... Yeah, I know. We have two witnesses to the fact that Willie threatened Gilbert Madden. That's right. Mrs. Madden and the storekeeper. But what clinches it is a padlock on Blaisdell's mind, Jase. That key we found at Willie's shack fits it. That's about as solid evidence as there is, seems to me. I wonder. What do you mean? A couple of things about this don't feel quite right to me, Sheriff. Well, what, for instance? Well, near as the lab can figure, Madden was murdered about eight months ago. That's right, last March. But the lock Blaisdell broke off the mine entrance was hardly rusty at all. And neither was the key we found hanging out in the open at Willie's shack. What's wrong with that, Jase? Willie broke off the original lock when he hid Madden's body. But Madden died eight months ago, and that second lock couldn't have been on the hasp that long. Well, maybe Willie didn't put the lock on right away. Maybe later he got to worrying about somebody discovering the body, and, well, that's when he put it on. Sheriff... The time you're most worried about a body being discovered is right after you've killed a man, not several months later. Sure, that's the way a sensible person would react. But remember who we're dealing with, old Willie, who's not exactly what you call a sensible man. I know, Sheriff. But then there's the part about the key hanging right out in plain sight at Willie's shack. Now, Jase, you said yourself Willie was part pack rat. Remember all the other junk he had hanging around the shack? Sure I do, Sheriff. I also remember what Willie said when we showed him that key. Say, that's a good one. Just like he'd never noticed it before. What are you getting at, Jase? Maybe Willie did kill Madden, but it seems to me there's a bare chance he didn't. Then how'd he get that key? Oh, he could have found it, or it could have been planted there. That'd be awful tough to prove either way, Jase. Sure it would. As long as it's a possibility, we're not closing the case. Come on, let's talk to Mrs. Madden and see if she can give us a line on anybody besides old Willie who might have a reason for killing her husband. We drove out to the Madden house, but Mrs. Madden was unable to give us any new information. She suggested we go through her husband's business records, which were in a spare room he'd used for an office. So the sheriff and I started in. But an hour later, the only things we found just made it look all the worse for Willie. Hmm. What do you got, Jase? Uh, a bunch of letters written on wrapping paper. Addressed to Madden. 
crazy, threatening letters. Who wrote them? You guess. Willie? Yeah, Willie. Listen, you better watch out. I ain't gonna let you steal my mind. Mm. That's Willie, all right. Rest of them like that? Yeah. All six of them. Well, Jase, it looks all the worse for Willie now. We've been through just about all Madden's records and papers. And these threatened letters are all we come up with. Yeah, and from the looks of it, Madden kept records of just about everything. Well, we might as well put these papers back, I guess. Okay. What do you got there? Uh, a pile of canceled checks. Hand them over and I'll stick them here in the drawer. Okay, just thumbing through them. I guess there's nothing here I... Hey. What is it? Sheriff, look at this check. It's dated two years ago. Hmm? Let's see. Well, what about it? It's just made out to cash and signed by Madden. Yeah, but take a look at this pencil writing up in the corner. Pencil writing? Let's... Well, I'll be. So will I. Come on. Going to make an arrest? Not yet. I need more proof, and I think I know a way to get it. Just go along with whatever I say. Sure, Jace. Did you find anything that's going to help in Gilbert's papers, Range Pearson? I think we did, Mrs. Madden. You said you accompanied your husband on his business trip into the Black Hawk Canyon area two years ago. That's right. Why'd he go there? Well, just to size up the situation, find out what mines were for sale. I see. He didn't actually transact any business, though. No. Of course, this Willie wanted him to come up and see his mine, but when the storekeeper told us the mine was no good... Yeah. And you stayed right with your husband the whole trip? Yes. Okay. Thanks, ma'am. You say you found something in Gilbert's papers? We don't know for sure, so I'd like to give you a receipt for these canceled checks. I want more time to examine them. Here you are. Canceled checks? Yeah. It looks like one of them's going to take the wrong man out of jail and put the right man in. Come on, Sheriff. I see. Well, I'm glad to hear it. If there's anything more I can do... We'll let you know, Mrs. Madden. Goodbye. She's lying, Jason. Like a trooper. What now? We'll watch her. Have one of your deputies keep an eye on him. We don't want him to get away, but we don't want to pick him up yet either. Okay, I'll call my office from the drugstore. I'll wait in my car around the corner. Meet me there. The sheriff made his call and rejoined me. We sat in my car waiting. Then a little after dark, Mrs. Madden's car pulled away from our house, heading out of town. We followed, keeping well back. Two miles out of town, she pulled off the highway, parked behind another car, got out and headed into the brush. The sheriff and I worked our way slowly and quietly in the direction she'd taken. Should be around here somewhere. Yeah. Keep it as quiet as possible, Sheriff. Reckon she'd come out here to meet him? Looks like. Listen. Yeah. I hear him talking. Look, you're not clearing ahead. Let's ease up a little. You must have overlooked something when you went through those records. No, I'm sure I didn't, Britt. I found the entry he made where you paid him for appraising your mind two years ago. I tore it out. There's nothing in those records to show the two of you knew each other. You're wrong there, man. Hold it real steady, Blaisdell. Pierce. Yeah. So the two of you didn't know each other until I introduced you, huh? You've been in it together ever since you met two years ago. Clary, you little fool. You were tricked into coming out here so they could catch us together. They didn't have any proof of anything. I got proof right here in my pocket that you lied when you said you didn't know Madden, Blaisdell. Yeah, what kind of proof? Something you overlooked, Mrs. Madden. A check made out to cash. You didn't notice the pencil writing on it. Pencil writing? Your husband made a notation that the check was to cover expenses of a trip he'd made to appraise Blaisdell's mine two years ago. 
You told me you were with your husband the whole trip. So you lied about not knowing Blaisdell. Clara, you stupid... You gotta listen to me. I I didn't want any part of it, but Blaisdell forced me to. What's that? I'm in the clear. I was in Kansas when it happened. Blaisdell killed my husband. Oh, that's how you stick by me, is it? Why, you little... Hold it, Blaisdell. You're not gonna get away free, Clara. I guarantee that. Sure, I killed Madden Ranger, but it was her idea. That's a lie. Uh, Right from the start, it was her idea. How to go about it. Put the body in my own mind and change life. He's lying, Ranger. Plant the key at Willie's shack, pretend she and I didn't know each other, then produce the body so she could collect on the insurance. All of it was her idea. You shut up. You shut up. I'm not half finished yet. Got a weird shot on me, will you? Wait till I get through spilling. Shut up, you little one. Shut up. You know, Sheriff, strikes me we've only got one problem left. What's that, Jase? Getting them to talk slow enough so a stenographer can get it all down. Come on, both of you. Fred Blaisdell and Clara Madden were indicted and placed on trial for the brutal murder of Gilbert Madden. For her part in the crime, Clara was sentenced to 50 years in the women's prison at Gorey. On the morning of May 3rd, 1942, Blaisdell was put to death in the electric chair. Now, here's the star of our show, Joel McRae. Hello, folks. First of all, we want to thank you kindly for the many wonderful letters and cards we received during the summer months. It's mighty heartwarming to know we have so many good friends. As a matter of fact, the Rangers themselves have received quite a few of your letters, too. And like us, they certainly appreciated hearing from you. I'm sure that most of you will recall reading about a great Texas Ranger captain who retired from active duty on July 31st of this year. Some of our stories have been based on his exploits. He's the famous Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez, whose favorite guns are engraved with a code he has always lived by in his colorful career. Never draw me without cause, nor shield me without dishonor. Tomorrow... It'll be exactly 31 years since Lone Wolf was sworn in as a Texas Ranger. And as in the past year, so in the years to come, we are proud to have him as our technical advisor. Congratulations, Cap. See you next week, folks. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the Universal International Technicolor production, Cattle Drive. The cast included Tony Barrett, Bill Johnstone, Lamont Johnson, Ken Christie, Betty Lou Gerson, and Brad Brown. Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Bob Reif, and the program is produced and directed by Stacy Keats. Hal Gibney speaking. It's the Silver Jubilee on NBC. Today, hear the glittering premiere program of The Big Show, broadcast from London and featuring Sir Lawrence Olivier, Fred Allen, Beatrice Lilly, and your unpredictable hostess, Tallulah Bankhead. Then join in the fun with the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show as they launch their new comedy season. 
And later, Theater Guild on the Air brings you Joseph Cotton and Joan Fontaine in Main Street by Sinclair Lewis. Ladies and gentlemen, the program You Can't Take It With You, starring Walter Brennan, is now heard at a new time and day. That's Friday on most NBC stations. Stay tuned for The Big Show and Tallulah on NBC, the national broadcasting company. The national broadcasting company presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. From Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. Starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles. And 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. the files of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on facts. Names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, wheelchair killing. It is 8.40 p.m. May 1st, several years ago. Colby, Texas, near the edge of the great piney woods, is unusually crowded as several hundred young men from a nearby CCC camp have converged on the town to spend their monthly allowance. In the office of Sheriff Pete Saunders, the sheriff and his deputy are standing by in case any emergency should arise. Uh, uh, I don't know why I'm so groggy, Sheriff. Mm, not even nine o'clock. For that tired rig, I don't think there's any need for you to stay any later. I can handle things. Why don't you go home? With all them young bloods in town? Oh, they seem to be all right. No sign of any fuss. I walked down Main Street a while. Thanks for joining us for Tales of the Texas Rangers with Joel McRae. This is your host and storyteller, John Hagedorn. This is 1001 Stories from the Old West. Reviews are always appreciated. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll be back soon.